Well, again, it's a joy to be with you. Uh, Daryl, the assistant pastor here. And uh, we've come to Palm Sunday as we have been walking through our series that we've been doing uh, for the last few weeks uh, where we've invited you to come and be curious with us as we investigate uh, some of the encounters that Jesus had with different folks. Uh, how did he interact with the poor? How did he interact with women? How did he interact with the rich? How does he interact with the religious elite? All questions that we have been looking for scripture to answer for us. Um, and in our curiosity, it is our hope uh, that you would see uh, that Jesus is different, uh, that Jesus is um, beautiful, that Jesus is believable, that Jesus is one who uh, deals with us where we are, uh, yet does not leave us there. Um, and so as, uh, as we have looked at these encounters and questioned who he is this morning, we come to uh, the curious case of Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday uh, piques our curiosity, it piques our interest because this is really the time when Jesus lays all of his subtleties aside. Uh, we see in scripture often uh, that when Jesus would encounter folks like the blind man, uh, the man at the pool, um, Nick, even Nicodemus, uh, other folks that he would encounter, he would tell them, hey, don't tell anybody that I did this. Um, don't, tell, don't go tell them folks uh, that Jesus did this because it's not, it's not quite my time. Um, even, at his, uh, even at the wedding in Cana where he, was, uh, per, where he performed his first miracle, he was asked by his mom uh, to perform that miracle and he had said to her, it's not yet my time. And so uh, Palm Sunday is time. Uh, it is Jesus laying aside all those subtleties um, and, uh, and for us uh, on, on Palm Sunday, as Jesus states uh, the very bold proclamation uh, that he's the king of the universe, uh, that he's the king who holds it all together, uh, that he's the king. And so as Jesus makes that announcement, that pronouncement on Palm Sunday uh, by the actions that took place in Jerusalem, uh, we have to ask ourselves, humanity is now faced with this decision uh, do we crown him as king or do we crucify him as a criminal? Those are the two choices that he gives us. Uh, so there's three things we're gonna see in the passage today from Mark 11, one through 11, is that Jesus is mighty, Jesus is meek, and Jesus is on the move. So let's give our attention to the reading of God's word from Mark 11, verses one through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat, untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied to a door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying this colt? And the disciples told them what Jesus had said and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. Let's pray together. Uh, Jesus, this curious case of Palm Sunday is not lost on us. Uh, we often look for things to crown as king. Um, Lord, even in my own heart, uh, Lord, even now, um, giving allegiances uh, to things of which are not worthy of allegiance. 
so Jesus, would you quiet the voice of the devil? Would you quiet the voice of the accuser? Uh, would you quiet even our own flesh to be able to hear the still small voice of God calling us to repentance? Uh, would you be so kind as to meet us here? Would you be so kind as to comfort us uh, in our sadness, uh, to hold us up in our weakness, uh, to bid us to come even in our rebellion? Uh, Jesus, you are so kind to us. Uh, we would leave here rejoicing and saying that you have done great things if you would do this. Uh, and so God the Father, would you please uh, send the Holy Spirit uh, to turn our hearts to you. And uh, in your son's name we do pray, amen. Uh, so we look at three things as I said before, uh, that Jesus is mighty, uh, Jesus is also meek, uh, but Jesus is also on the move. Uh, so we're gonna start with Jesus is mighty here in uh, verse one in chapter 11. Uh, this passage opens up really with uh, like a pretty unlikely um, and, and really a bizarre request uh, that Jesus could make. Uh, two unnamed disciples here are told to go into this town. Hey, go into that town over there, Jesus tells them. Uh, you're gonna walk in, you're gonna see a donkey and I want you to steal it. Uh, go in and take it, untie it, bring it back to me. If they ask you what they want or, or who wants this, tell them Jesus wants it um, and they'll let you take it. Uh, Jesus has made a lot of requests of my life. Uh, he's made a lot of requests of your life. Um, Doubtful that he's told you to go steal something uh, and bring it back, uh, to go down to Columbia and take a mule and come back. Uh, Jesus hasn't likely done that for us, but here he is uh, acting in a very, what seems to be kind of strange way as we read it with uh, the eyes that we have now. Um, but nonetheless, Jesus does it. Uh, the disciples find the donkey. They do as Jesus says. Uh, it's even as Jesus predicted that someone would ask them what they wanted. Um, and they're there, they tell the guys, hey, Jesus needs this, and they're walking this donkey back. Um, and this is almost, uh, can be seen as sort of just a menial detail, like what's the big deal with this? Uh, but what we're given a peek into here, into even this little, this little phrase in this passage, uh, is that Jesus is showing us something remarkable. He's giving us a peek into the power that only Jesus has. Uh, because this isn't chance, this isn't by happenstance um, that Jesus was like, hey, maybe there'll be a cult there, I don't know. Uh, Jesus knew exactly where the cult was. He knew how it was tied. He knew it had never been ridden. He knew that folks were gonna ask why he wanted it. Um, he knew that they were gonna allow the disciples to take it. This is Jesus flexing his sovereignty. Um, Jesus, as he is about to march into Jerusalem, uh, it's the last week of his life. He knows that. He's walking into chaos. He's walking uh, into a tumultuous week. Um, in his ministry career of, th of, of three just very short years, is about to come to an end. And Jesus is revealing more and more of his deity and also more and more of his humanity to the disciples uh, as, as the gospels have been almost a sprint really until Palm Sunday. Uh, especially the book of Mark, it's called the book of immediacy because Mark uses the word and then, and then, immediately, immediately, all the time until it gets to this and then it really slows down. Um, and so as we get to Palm Sunday, we're seeing that Jesus is wanting his people to stop and to realize that the, 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 the plan that he launched from before the foundation of the world, from before Adam and Eve ever even fell, when Jesus was with God and they shook hands in eternity past uh, of this covenant of redemption that would be made, that he would be the one to pay for the sins of mankind. This is unfolding right in front of him. 
that he's marching into Jerusalem, he's gonna buy his people back. And by untying this donkey, he is unleashing his plan on the world and he is taking back what's rightfully his. He's taking back his throne. Jesus has laid all of his subtleties aside and he says, I'm coming and I'm coming in as the king. Remember, up until this point, Jesus has been almost coy with his intentions. Uh, he's, he's been almost coy. Remember when, they, uh, when he fed the 5,000 on the hillside with five loaves of bread and two fishes? Um, they, after that miracle, tried to capture Jesus and make him king. And Jesus evades them. He kind of slips away from them because he knew that it wasn't time. It wasn't gonna be that way that he was gonna be the king. It wasn't gonna come that way. He was gonna sneak away. Uh, but here, Jesus is marching in as king. That Jesus, by taking this donkey and going into Jerusalem at the time in which he was doing it, was really Jesus going in to pick a fight. Because Jerusalem at the time of Passover is wild. It's like Broadway when the NFL draft was here. There are so many folks that are coming to Jerusalem for Passover. Uh, pilgrims who have been uh, dispersed, Jewish pilgrims are coming back to make their sacrifices. They're bringing their families, they're bringing their little kids, they're bringing their animals. You have folks who are setting up tables to sell animals. Uh, you have the Gentiles who believe, in G who believe in God are coming to the outer courts and they're trying to figure out what's going on. It's just utter chaos. The Pharisees are hyper aware of all the people coming in. And so Jesus coming in at this time was Jesus saying, I'm here to make things different. And I'm gonna march right into the middle of all this chaos because Jesus is saying that my sovereignty, all of those wild gospel encounters that appear to be mere coincidence, I'm showing you they were carefully and beautifully orchestrated by me that I might reveal more of myself to you. And I'm about to go into a mission a mission to buy you back. And I'm gonna do it by marching into town on this donkey. The one who is your king, the one who has moved heaven and earth, the one who sat on the throne room of heaven is now here. He's here. And things are gonna be different because of this. This is all the promises of Christmas. They're coming true on Palm Sunday. The king who sits on the throne of the world is the same king who is longing to sit on the throne of your heart. He's gonna come in and he's gonna do it. And his sovereignty and his power and his might, Jesus is mighty here and he's coming in and saying, I will not allow anyone else to claim kingship any longer, whether in your own heart or whether of the world. Because sin has come in and wrecked so much of what he has created. Sin has broken hearts, it's broken homes, it's broken lives, the enemy uh, scripture tells us prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Sin, as we're told in Genesis chapter four, is crouching at your door and its desire is for you. Jesus is saying there was a promise made in Genesis three that someone was gonna come and his heel was gonna crush the head of the serpent and I'm here to step on some snake heads. I'm here to fix this. And his might, that's this Jesus, that's this king. He's the one who's coming and saying, all the other things that you've put your hope in have failed you. And can't you see that I'm the one who's coming to save you? This is what Palm Sunday is all about. It's Jesus riding in to save his people. This is why it's just bananas, uh, really. Kind of bonkers to say that Jesus was just 
just a good guy or just a good teacher or just one voice among many great voices uh, because he doesn't give that option to us. He doesn't take matters into his own hands like Rebecca did with her chocolate peanut butter answer. That wasn't even a choice. (laughs) Jesus had two choices. You kill me or you crown me. And he comes in and he makes bold, crazy claims like this. When someone comes to him and says, we wanna follow you, but we have a funeral to go to, Jesus looks at him and says, let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me. If anyone comes after me and doesn't hate his mother and his father, they won't follow me at all. Whoever looks back at the field he has plowed is not fit for the kingdom of God. This isn't something that just a good teacher or a nice guy says. He makes claims that he was before Abraham was. And he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven. I was there when it happened. Jesus is humble, Jesus is gentle, Jesus is lowly, all those things are true, but Jesus is not subtle. He's about as subtle as an F5 tornado. He's coming in and saying something, uh, he's coming in and saying something that infuriates you and it infuriates me, that I'm the king of the world. I'm the king of your heart. And all those idols that you have in there are gonna be, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna shake them loose. And I'm gonna topple them and I'm gonna take them over and it's gonna hurt. And it's gonna be hard. These are the claims that Jesus is making. And so I read this passage and I'm like, Jesus, you're claiming to be a king. That you're coming in to rule. Why are you doing it on a donkey? This doesn't make any sense. Donkeys are dumb. Like, why aren't you coming in on a tank? Like you, could turn, you could turn bread from rocks. Like surely you could fashion a tank to carry your people in. Jesus, go to Pilate's house, knock him over, storm the Capitol. Jesus, come in and fix all this. Come in and flex, come in swinging. Come in hard and high on two wheels. But Jesus doesn't do that. And it makes me so mad sometimes. Because what Jesus is saying by coming in on a donkey is I'm mighty, that is absolutely certain. And absolutely true. My sovereignty knows no end. I know everything about you. I don't run away, but I'm also meek. And so I'm coming in on a donkey and not on a war horse because I'm wanting you to see something about me. That even in my kingliness, even in my otherness, even in my transcendence, my eminence to you is that I'm meek and that I'm gentle and that I'm lowly. This brings us to our second point, that Jesus is meek, that Jesus is uh, both the most stern human who's ever lived and also the most meek human who's ever lived. Uh, That he holds both of those things fully in tension. And we look at verse seven here that Jesus takes the colt and he sits on it and he rides into town. Um, Mark says this, those who went before him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest that there's a crowd of folks who are waving palm branches, looking like a bunch of weirdos, a bunch of hillbillies out there, waving palm branches, screaming, save us. Hosanna in the highest. God, come and save us. Blessed is this coming kingdom, the kingdom of David. David, he had a lot of power, man. We're ready for this. Save us, God. Come in, get rid of these Romans. I'm tired of paying taxes. Come in and get rid of them. I'm tired of their high gas prices. Save us from the Roman rule and the political oppression. Come and make us powerful again. Jesus is on top of this donkey and he doesn't have anything to do with it. 
He's sitting atop of this donkey and he'll have none of it. He's riding in on a donkey because he wants them to see that this triumphal entry is different. There have been other triumphal entries. Jesus isn't the only one to do this, but it was always kings who were returning from battle with their prisoners and officers uh, and captured POWs that they were parading through town saying, look how great I am riding on these wonderful war horses. This is Jesus coming in and saying, it's different. My kingdom is different. Jesus isn't coming into Jerusalem to make everything right for them to be on top again. He's not making it so Israel can be rulers again. He's coming in and saying, your hearts are far from me. I'm coming in to make man right with God again. Tim Keller says that Palm Sunday is a parable example of the lifelong mismatch between what you want and what God provides. It's the lifelong mismatch of what you want and what God provides. Think of the crowd, save us, save us. Jesus, do something about this. And a few days later, there's gonna be a crowd saying, just kidding, kill him, get rid of him, crucify him. Jesus is showing us something about the fickleness of human applause here, that Jesus isn't subject to it like we are. I love it. You love it. We love when people notice us. We love when folks think we do a good job, but here's Jesus saying, that's not what is important to me. He knows what it's like. This is how he can relate to you. He knows what it's like to have people flatter you and then stab you in the back. He knows what it's like to have friends who you go to and they fall asleep on you while you're talking to them. He knows what that's like. This is Jesus coming in and saying, I'm meek and I'm not subject to the cheers of humans. I'm a huge wrestling fan. You probably know that about me. It's pretty obvious in my face. Um, that I love it. I love it. Like two podcasts a week. I have a problem, y'all. Um, and recently we lost Scott Hall in the biz, uh, Razor Ramon, as he was known. And um, he was uh, sort of on top, like kind of late 90s, early 2000s. He started the New World Order. He was, he was just a monster, kind of larger than life guy. And um, he had fallen ill to drugs, alcohol abuse, some mental health stuff. Um, he had gotten clean for a while, had fallen in again. He died recently. Um, but a few years before he died, kind of when he was in the, in the height of his um, addiction, he was being interviewed on ESPN E60 and the reporter asked him, Scott, man, what, like, what went wrong? What went wrong? What happened? Um, did you have it all? Um, he's he's kind of huddled over in a chair. His, his hips are blown out. His muscles have atrophied. Um, and he says to the reporter, no one told me what to do when they stopped chanting my name. I didn't know what to do. They stopped cheering for me. I got old. I became irrelevant. And nobody told me what I was supposed to do. And so all I knew was to run to my addictions. Palm Sunday is Jesus coming in and saying, don't run to your addictions. Don't run to the applause of men. It's fickle. It's not gonna last. It's gonna fail you. Your idols are gonna fail you. Palm Sunday is a picture into the fickleness of human celebrity, a peek into what happens when we want to be well-known by others and then we see it fade. In this case, it took less than a week. They're cheering for him on Palm Sunday as he's coming into town. Jerusalem's not that big, square mileage-wise, so it's easy uh, to, to at least assume 
uh, that some of those were the same crowd who were chanting that he'd be crucified just a few days later. And Jesus is riding in, not to have us bring glory to him, but to share his glory with us. And then Mark closes this little passage, this little portion uh, with one sentence where he says, and Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. So the parade is over, the hubbub is over, and Jesus just goes into the temple. It's gonna bring us to our last point that Jesus is moving. He's on the move. It doesn't just stop with the parade. He's coming into the temple. Uh, Mark is closing out this passage with that sentence to show us that this was, uh, this was a week unlike any other. There's never been a week like this. Uh, if you know the story of why Jesus goes in the temple, he goes in the temple to raise Cain. He's furious what he finds there. He starts flipping over tables. He fashions a cord, starts whipping people with it. Jesus is mad. And he's going into the temple and he's going into the temple to set things right. That Holy Week, as it's been known to us, is the most tumultuous week in the life of Jesus. He has the parade. He goes into the temple. He has dinner with his friends. One of them betrays him, sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, he goes into a garden to pray. The disciples tell us, gospels tell us that he's, he prays sweats of blood. He's praying so hard that he starts bleeding. It's just bizarre. He's praying, God, can this cup pass from me? That's what he says as he's praying, as they're recording it. Is there any way, God, that this white, hot, holy hatred that you have towards sin can fall on anything else? Does it fall on me? This is such a beautiful peek into the humanity of Jesus where he's pleading with his father. Father, please do something about this. Don't let this hammer, don't let this anvil, don't let this sword, don't let this car, don't let this train, whatever analogies that Christians are gonna use that hit Jesus, don't let it hit me. Is there anything else that we could do? And Jesus is met with silence for the first time in his existence. He's always existed, right? He's God the Son. He comes as Jesus, uh, God incarnate. He's always had a direct line to the Father. The Father's always answered him. He's always called out. I don't do my will. I do the will of him who sent me. And here's Jesus crying out to his Father and his Father doesn't answer him. It's silence. You know what that feels like? The, long, the lonely haunting echo of the silence of God, as Andrew Peterson says, is a silence unlike any other and it smacks Jesus right in the head. And he's met with silence. And he goes uh, and he's arrested. And I'm gonna ruin the rest of the week for you because we're not promised tomorrow anyway. Um, he's arrested and he's crucified. He has a kangaroo court trial and then he's beaten and he's crucified and he's killed and he's left to hang for dead in front of his mom, naked and nobody around. That's this king that Jesus the King is this meek, that he would submit himself, volunteer himself uh, to be killed in our place. But as we know, I'll ruin Easter for you too, Jesus rises again and he has 40 days on earth and then he ascends and he ascends into heaven to take his spot on the throne. But as he ascends, he says, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back for you. And y'all, he's not coming back on a donkey. Not this time. He did that. 
He says, I'm coming back for you and it's gonna be on the back of a war horse because I have already done the work of purchasing your heart and I'm coming to set the world right again. And I'm gonna take my place on, on the throne of earth and heaven with my people. And they'll never know what that separation is like, that he was met with silence by his father so that we'll never have to know what that's like. And that God will dwell among them, we're told in Revelation, and he will be in our midst and there will be no need for the son because the light of the Father will illuminate the earth. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what Palm Sunday is kicking off, that he's going to ride back in and that the trees are gonna clap their branches as if they had hands. That the wolf is gonna lay down with the sheep, that the lion's gonna lay down with the lamb. This isn't metaphorical, this is gonna happen. That there's gonna be peace on earth again. And it's gonna come through death and it's gonna come through resurrection and it's gonna come through a turning. And he's saying to his people, put your trust in me. You've put it everywhere else. You know what it's like to be let down. Would you, would you trust me? Hosanna, God save us. Let's pray together. Our great and gracious Heavenly Father, we, uh, we ask in your mercy, in your kindness to us, uh, would you save us? Lord, if there are those who are here who have not placed their trust in you, God, would you call them to yourself uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, pleading the work of Jesus on their behalf. God the Father, for the rest of us, we do that. We do that very thing. We throw away our moral resume. We throw away all that we've done and we leave it and we run to you uh, and plead what you have done for us. Hosanna, save us. Jesus, save us. We would leave here rejoicing because you have done such a great thing. Would you calm our hearts? Calm even now the voice of the devil that's in our ears and says, yeah, but do you remember what you did on your way in? Do you remember what you did last night? Remember how your life is in utter chaos. God doesn't love you. Jesus, would you shut him up? Jesus, remind him that his head has been squashed by your heel. Jesus, draw us to yourself. That's your name, I do pray. Amen.